0: This episode of EU for Serials contains some graphic content and sensitive subject matter that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> I
1: don't like this book. But... Nad quickly picks up that little
2: brownie thing <laughs> Nad just thinks, hmm, now would be a great time to eat my brownie. <laughs>
3: mm. Is it
0: a good brownie or is it like just a good brownie?
3: It's um a vegan bounty barn. Oh. Oh. Uh. Does
0: a buzz kill A little bit. It's the
2: coconut <laughs> that kills it for me. Wow, oh, guys. So you could at least pretend.
3: It's pretty That's good. That's another
1: time Mad's brought up that she's vegan again, Greg.
3: <laughs> 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 I just didn't want you guys to forget
1: if you how
0: long.
2: <laughs> That's funny. Oh, we should probably just say welcome to episode four. Oh, we've started recording. <laughs> 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 Just in case uh, anyone's listening and doesn't know, I'm Cara.
1: I'm Jordan.
3: I'm Nads, <laughs> and I'm Jack. I was actually going to go in with the "I'm vegan," but <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's overused. So. Sorry.
0: <laughs> it twice now in about five minutes.
2: All right. There's nothing wrong with that. No? She's a vegan advocate. Mm. Yeah.
3: How's everybody's week been today? <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I don't actually rem- honestly people keep asking me how I am. I know this much. People keep asking me how I am and how was yesterday and I literally don't remember. I just wake up, I go to work and I come home. I don't remember shit. <laughs> I think it was good because I don't feel sad. <laughs> so we're gonna oh. go with that.
2: <laughs> Wait, what happened yesterday?
3: She d- she I-, I don't know. I don't- you oh, can okay. asking me difficult okay. questions. <laughs> this plant um, I've had maybe for about two or three years and every so often I remember to water it. <clears throat> and I'm like, wow, like it's actually crazy that it's still semi-alive. Um, Is it plastic? Yeah, I don't think it's real. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> Like really, I haven't. I I haven't watered it. I don't remember the last time I watered it, and it just. It's just. But the thing is, like
0: Nadine, can you do me a favor? Can you snip one of the leaves? Yeah, I (laughs) I just love that confusion look on her face. (laughs) I swear to God, I bet the plant's not real.
3: (laughs) It's cold. (laughs) Um, A big love with knobs.
2: I, got
3: the juice. I, got the juice. I mean, it smells kind of planty. <laughs> is it sticky on the side that you cut? Jordan's like, were you talking to me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it actually smelled. Maybe it is real. I mean, some succulents can go a really long time without water.
3: Yeah, this is one of them. I assure you. Okay, so it's real, but it's really thriving.
1: So. Yeah, it was too. You just broke off a leaf. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I cut it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> anyway, Jordan, carry on.
1: Um, look, it's it's been good, bit hectic, but like nothing you can't manage. It's been decent. I, I'd say like good, good, good level. But I think, <laughs> I think we want to hear about you, like Cara and Jackie.
3: Yeah, spill the yeah. tea.
1: Yeah.
3: So.
0: Work sent me to Melbourne on Monday, which was amazing for some training. It was a good opportunity. Had a really good time. On the flight home, I got the sniffles. And so I did a rat test straight away and Melbourne fucking got me.
1: And then there were two left in Team Novid.
3: Finally, <laughs> it has happened to me.
0: Fucking COVID, man. I'm so pissed. I avoided it twice in the last two and a half years. Avoided it from Kara and Kyan twice.
2: So who wants to go first? I reckon Nat should. I think Nat should go
0: first. I'm excited <laughs> to hear your story. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey there. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I don't know if you guys are going to know this story. It's good if we don't because it keeps us in suspense. Yeah, I know. And I've tried to, like, when I've put all the information together i've made sure to like keep the suspense going so i'm very proud of you nadine for for not being as scared of the scary things yeah i'm doing so good i'm so proud of you yeah you are thanks guys thanks for your continued support
0: no worries you were kind of forced into it so
3: yeah yeah (laughs) Um, but at least I had time to prepare this time. I think that definitely helped. So, have you booked your therapist? Uh, no, no. I'll just unload it on anyone that speaks to me for the next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> next good. time someone says, "How's your day?" they're gonna find out.
3: And she's gonna yeah. write an entire novel back to him. <laughs> yeah, just ripped out a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Where shall I start? <laughs> okay, so no. Okay so this is probably one of the creepiest things that I've actually come across um but the story is also very intriguing as well um does the name Anatoly Moskvin mean anything to anyone No I know who Anatoly Moskvin born in I I'm going to absolutely butcher the pronunciation of the place um but it's Nizhny Novgorod in Russia. Huh? You come from Russia. Oh.
2: No, I have no. never heard
3: this. Cool. So, Anatoly Moskvin, um, born in the place that starts with N in Russia, who <laughs> um, was born on the 1st of September in 1966. Ooh. Um Ooh, wow. So I'm just like, it's the 2nd of September now. That's why yesterday I was like, oh, "Oh my God.
0: It's his birthday. Fuck, we're dumbasses.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it's the 1st of September today. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, edit the last part out. It's fine. It's just the
1: first somewhere.
3: (laughs) Okay, so basically he is a former linguist. And he completed his studies in, <laughs> you're right, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> just like, linguist,
1: I was like, what? He <laughs> makes linguine for a living.
3: Oh, my I God. I like that. I like that much more than what the actual meaning is. But for those listening at home, it's someone that studies, like, the human language, basically, uh, and I guess origins and stuff. I thought it was something to do with your tongue. Kara, uh,
0: not everything is about the tongue.
1: All the good things are. She's all right.
3: <laughs> all the lesbians are like, are you sure? <laughs>
0: They've just come up with a brand new degree to study.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a unit in like Western pornography.
2: Honey linguistics. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, is it she's two sentences in and we spiraled so much?
2: I think I've just wait- found a way to make some money. <laughs> Start an e-course <equal>. on <laughs> linguistics. Can we, uh,
3: can we call that can we name the episode that? Just Cunning that. Cunny linguistics. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure. Oh, fuck, that's funny. What's um what's the name of you know, in gymnastics, there's like a word that sounds like kind of, kind of linguistics. Oh my God. My mum would be able to answer this. Bring her. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is Are you going to yeah. ask your mum, mum, what rhymes with kind of linguistics? <laughs> Hi, just,
0: um, I'm just letting you know we're recording at the moment. Um, I have a question about gymnastics. Yeah. Is there something in gymnastics that sounds like cunny lingu link? What's the word? cunny <laughs> linguistics, <laughs> or something?
2: Nadine Stone.
0: Nadine. Nothing <laughs> I can
3: think of. I my head? No, I think I remember that. Ca- it's like. Ca- I, cas- catali- I feel like cast What? Kind
0: of calisthenics? Is that what you're trying to? Yeah. Say? What's that? Say it again. <laughs> oh we worked it out mom don't worry yeah thanks okay. mom nad <laughs> says thanks mom okay tell her that's not gymnastics no <laughs> okay we'll just edit that whole
3: thing out it's fine it's really okay.
0: fine thanks mom bye <laughs> calisthenics you idiot <laughs> what's calisthenics it's rhythmic gymnastics it's it's like a it's a mix between dance and gymnastics so it's,
3: how is it not gymnastics it's, oh, not, it's gymnastics. not gymnastics it's, <laughs> it's not because
0: <laughs> mate, <laughs> mate i could get into a whole debate with you about this gymnastics especially women's artistic no, no, no. consistent floor bar beams and vault calisthenics is literally floor with Fancy ribbon,
2: such a big difference, the dean. You fucking dumb bitch. Uh, you dumb bitch.
1: <laughs> so I I googled gymnastics, and I was gonna do sounds like honey lingus, but I just said gymnastics honey <laughs> lingus, and my history now is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send a photo into the group chat because, frankly, I want to see us all in church.
0: <laughs> That flexible search history.
1: Oh, it's, it's real flexible to find.
0: <laughs> wow.
3: Nadine, what have you done? Uh, look, is did... the one that said kind of linguistic. Why do I get the blame? Now I can only <laughs> only think about linguine and fucking kind of That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just been too long since you've had it, Nadine. <laughs> yeah, probs. <laughs> My mum and my sister are probably listening. Oh.
0: Hi, Nadine's mum and
2: sister.
3: (laughs) What's
0: Jordan sent me?
1: This is what this is what I got when I searched the thing and I feel filthy.
3: (laughs) Too dirty to clean my actor. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I wanna see. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I wanna see. Sorry, I'm gonna need to take a break to have a shower because I just feel disgusting now.
3: Yeah. Shower. Okay, now that we have thoroughly spiraled, so Anatoly, the Russian man, <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? Are you laughing at me? Or are we laughing? At, what are we laughing at, guys? <sighs> Just, Just trying to a do a podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Wow. Okay, Anatoly, he is a former linguist, philologist and historian. It's all pretty much around the same thing. So he basically, and it will make more sense a little bit later when I explain the next sentence, if you let me finish. But um, <laughs> basically he studies, um, in fact, yeah, he, his main focus that he studied was based around uh, Celtic history folklore language and linguistics <laughs> um, he had a fascination for cemetery this is going to be the funniest like true crime episode that we've probably done because all we've done is make jokes about it so far yeah so he, even though he studied all of that he studied in um, Moscow State University Um, He had a real fascination with cemeteries, um, burial rituals, and he also found death very interesting. Anyway, so he worked as a professor in his hometown's linguistic university as a Celtic studies professor and wrote articles in his local newspaper and necrologies, which before you ask, it's like obituaries. So That sounds interesting. Hmm. Yeah, he was said to have a pretty normal childhood. Um, he was well provided for. He was one of the smartest kids in his class. Um, his only struggle was speaking to people, which obviously made it difficult for him to make friends. But he was a linguist.
1: Yeah, not in and school. He couldn't
3: speak? Yeah. So, yeah, no. So because of that, so because of the whole idea of him um, <clears throat> not being able to speak to people... Um, he ended up spending most of his time reading and he actually ended up teaching himself, oh, wow. himself how to read a bunch wow. of different languages. I think it was no like problem. 13 different languages he ended up learning. So he was really clever. Yeah, and that's where like, so because he learned so many languages and he got into the um, like folklore languages and Celtic history and all that, like that's pretty much wow. what his focus was. His parents weren't really concerned about the whole you know, not really having many friends thing because um, they just kind of realised that he was like more mature than other kids his age. So um, there was no real alarm bells there. So pretty much on paper, everything looked okay. Um, But unfortunately, when he was in third grade, um, the story goes that he was trigger warning but that he was assaulted on his way back from school Um, he actually didn't mention it to anyone until like very very much later in his life
2: was it just like a was it just a stranger
3: yeah well it there's no it doesn't specify so I think so the thing with this story is that there is a lot of sources there's been a lot of stories that I went through and in some parts, which I'll, there'll be another part soon, like in some parts the information's a little bit conflicting and a little bit confusing. Um, and I think a lot of that's to do with the fact that he, because he, he wrote a lot, he was kind of telling his version of stories. So, yeah, I don't know if that's official report or if it's something that he's just said. Um, but, yeah, that, that's all I could find on that aspect. So either way, it's still really sad on march 4th 1979 um and this is the part where there is a little bit of conflicting information um one of the versions of events is that he was stopped by men in black suits on his way home from school other versions say that the russian government held a competition between all the schools in the whole country to see who could remove and recycle the most rubbish from the streets and then the winning school would basically win prize money or uh, funding or whatever it was Mm. and on that day so whether it was just the random men in black suits or if it was is the Russian government were there and it was someone involved there like uh, again this is like really really conflicting Um, but on that particular day he found himself with a group of men um, who basically forced him to go to a funeral with them What the hell? Funeral was for uh, an 11-year-old girl named Natasha Petrova. He actually wrote in an article in his adult life, um, this is like a direct quote, saying, an adult pushed my face down to the waxy forehead of the girl in an embroidered cap and there was nothing I could do but kiss her as ordered. So these men led him to a funeral and they forced him to kiss this girl's forehead
0: sorry just quickly how old was he at the time that this
3: happened so he would have been uh around 13 13 this time jesus christ yes so in one of his necrologies that his publications he basically wrote i kissed her then again then again then natasha's mother put a wedding ring on his middle finger and a wedding ring on her daughter's finger the whole thing is fucking weird, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Corpse bride. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> there's a podcast that I listened to that did, they call them coffin spinners in this podcast, that did a segment about this where people have married when like one, one partner has been deceased. So they end up marrying them like after the person has already died. but I don't know. For various different reasons, sometimes it's because, you know, that person was sick and they were already betrothed or it was a cultural thing or, like, for lots and lots of different reasons. The podcast that spoke about this was called Obituary and it's one of their coffin spinners and one of their episodes and it was actually really interesting um, listening to, like, some of the reasons as to why people do this and also in this case it sounds like it's one of the really sort of weird kind of fucked up reasons as to why it occurred. But it is, the concept,
3: very interesting when you look further into it. But yeah, sorry. Mm, Yeah, I feel like it was almost like a cultural or a ritualistic kind of thing. I mean, the whole thing's weird. Getting stopped in the street by a group of strange men forced to go to a funeral and then kiss a girl's forehead, like a girl that you don't know. Um, Also how random so obviously the whole situation would have been very traumatizing for him and after this event so he's been to the funeral he's now married to some (laughs) dead girl in a coffin um i actually don't know that don't quote me on that but um after that obviously being traumatized by the whole situation he ended up getting kind of obsessed with that whole dark side of everything, and spent a lot of time um, wandering through cemeteries and that after school. So if he wasn't reading, he was strolling through cemeteries. Um. So fast forward a couple of decades. Um. So to 2009, uh, Anatoly, who was never actually married, um, and led a pretty reclusive life, was living at home with his parents. Outside of his work life, he spent time collecting life-size dolls and dressing them in stockings, knee-length boots, um, and he'd even add lipstick to their faces. Now, his parents didn't think much of it. Again, he's always been a bit of a, a recluse, and they just saw it as another one of his hobbies. So, like, it Wait,
0: What was he doing this to?
3: <clears throat> he had a collection of life-size dolls. I, this is ringing bells. Here is where it gets very interesting. I have heard this story and just recently too. Yeah. In 2009, locals started to find the graves of their loved ones desecrated. This started a police investigation, which they believed was being done at the hand of extremists. The disturbances took place over the course of two years, where around 150 graves were desecrated. The big break in the investigation came after a terrorist attack um, that actually took place at an airport in Moscow, the name that I cannot pronounce. Um, and that was in 2011. I can't believe how recent this story is. I do know this story, I have heard
0: it. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Um, Can I ask a question? So there was a big breakthrough because of a terrorist attack.
3: Yeah. So on the reason why is after the terrorist attack, well, I guess my understanding is that after the terrorist attack, he, well, somebody (laughs) was seen going through cemeteries and like defacing the headstones Mm -hmm. and basically tampering with the graves. So <clears throat> on here I put um so it was November the second in two thousand and eleven um investigators were led to a cemetery where they found Anatoly painting over the pictures of dead Muslims. um from here, the police were led to his apartment where they found twenty six of these life-size dolls, which were in fact the mummified corpses of girls aged between three and twelve no at the time of so he dressed them up to look like dolls. Um oh, to add God. an extra level of eeriness to the whole case, um he actually used to <clears throat> mark the birthdays of each of the dolls in his bedroom. Um he would play around with different mummification techniques and theories in an attempt to preserve their bodies. He predominantly opted for just a a mix of salt and baking soda, Um, but he still wasn't able to completely stop the shrinking of the corpse. So what he started to do was he would um, stuff the bodies with um, old clothes to to plump them up. And then he would. Um, it, it almost sounds not real, but it is real. And I'll it send photos. It sounds like absolute bullshit. Yeah, um, it's not <laughs> this man. <laughs> you can look him up. Um, but yeah, so basically, he would preserve them. He would wrap, wrap them, um, but he would also stuff them with old clothes and that, so that they wouldn't shrink down. Oh my god. Sometimes would add wax masks decorated with nail polish over the faces um, before he would dress them in colorful outfits and wigs. So, uh,
1: are there oh, photos God. of like this online as well? Or
3: yeah, I'll send them through in a sec. What What's this? What's it... <laughs> What's his name again? Anatoly <laughs> Maskevin. So just to put the cherry on top, so to add like an extra, extra layer of fucking eeriness to the whole thing, he actually sometimes put music boxes in their rib cages oh so my that God. if he touched them, they would start making sounds. <gasps> I wonder if he had like
2: a Christmas edition.
3: <laughs> a <God>. what?
2: <laughs> One that played Christmas songs. <laughs>
3: oh my god it gets it gets worse all right it gets actually worse you think it can't get worse it gets fucking worse so because he was living with
0: his parents at the time wasn't he
3: yeah but i don't think that they would have like he was obviously a weirdo forever and he's just got these dolls in fact yeah, have you guys already googled them or will i send you photos? yeah yeah
2: trying
3: to find it so And, I mean, the bodies have already been through the morgue, so it's not like they would be decomposing. They would just be... And they would have been embalmed as well, so there
0: would have been some sort of preservation technique there which would have made it a hell of a lot easier for him to, you know, sort of preserve them even more and keep them for longer. Yeah. I mean, the picture that I'm looking at now is it looks like a doll. It doesn't look... Yeah, you wouldn't... You can't tell that it's a corpse at all.
1: Yeah. The... Yeah. I, I feel like it's... The
0: skin colour, the lip colour, the eyes.
1: It's one of those things that the more you look at it, the creeper it gets.
3: Yeah, yeah. very creepy. Yeah. When, you, when you know what you're looking at, it's just like, wow, like that's... Oh, my God, the little Damn. girl. That's horrific. With all of it, um, he was very insistent that it was never a sexual thing for him um in fact he, people also say that they that he was a virgin because he he was such a recluse so um i mean it would make sense i guess yeah but um he was actually he quoted saying that um so his words were you abandoned your girls i brought them home and warmed them up so he genuinely felt like oh. he was yeah it's chilling he knew he was doing a crime but felt that the children were actually calling out to be rescued by him and that helping them was more important than obeying the law.
1: So, so did he, like, take into to the age when he would look for?
3: It's really specific. And um, so part of his motivation was actually related to the fact that he wanted children and that he never had children and he specifically wanted a daughter. Um, He once tried to adopt a girl, like a young girl, um, but the the girl's parents declined because of his low income. So he desperately wanted that. And in addition to it all, um, he would actually um, speak to the corpses. He would sing songs to them. He'd watch cartoons. He'd celebrate their birthdays and holidays, um, which, like I said, he marked their birthday's around his bedroom. Like, it's just, like, it's wild. Wow. So he he confessed to 44 counts of abusing graves and dead bodies, but after psychiatric evaluation in May 2012, he was found to have a form of uh, paranoid schizophrenia, and he's been in a psychiatric facility since. In 2022, so earlier this year, there was talk about his proposed release back into the wild. Um which obviously <laughs> which obviously outraged like uh, the parents of the the children who have always been pleading for him to be kept behind bars. And he's actually still never apologized. Um he's he in twenty twenty he said That's um these girls are girls. There are no parents in my view. I don't know any of them besides They buried their daughters, and this is where I believe their rights over them finished. So, no, I won't apologise. He genuinely
0: believes that he hasn't
3: done anything wrong. Yeah. It
1: sounds very much like if he ever got out, not only would he do this again, but it's like he shouldn't be surprised if something happened either.
3: Or, like, how much worse would it be? Would he now start abducting and, like, killing rather than... Grave robbing, and what's scary as well is the fact that
0: if that terrorist attack hadn't have happened and people didn't notice, you know, graves being, you know, disturbed and that sort of stuff, he would probably more than likely still be doing it today.
3: Could yeah. Be. yeah, it's when you read the stories or like you hear about it, it there's almost the part where, so like reading through it, I was just like, wow, this poor guy, and then you just like. It's... You get to the end of it. Yeah. And he he genuinely, the way he speaks, like he's not apologising because he genuinely thinks that he's doing right thing. the girls. Yeah, like he's doing the right thing. And it's like, That's no, you're, you're digging up. Like let them rest in peace. It sounds like one
1: of those Dharma type stories where it's like you feel sorry for the mm. child that had to go through that, but they're a different yeah. monster later on in life because yeah. kids are so pure and innocent. Like the kind of yeah. just a vessel so when she happens again yeah, yeah. it's the
3: whole nature versus nurture thing yeah exactly yeah wow the latest is that he wants to be released so that he can marry his girlfriend which he i think met during his time in whatever facility he's been in um and he wants to work as a foreign languages tutor he wants to live happily ever after
1: how the fuck are we single and he has a girlfriend? What the fuck?
3: Literally, speak so for yourselves.
1: <laughs> oh, we good. Oh yeah. Happy relationship, it's just you we? and me,
3: Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool.
1: If I'm in a boat with you, Nads, it's a good boat, you know.
2: Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, look, we're in a relationship. There's nothing to say. It's a happy one.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> You're
3: <laughs> fucked.
1: Not anymore.
3: <laughs> I'm stressed on your behalf. <laughs>
1: So next week we are covering Kara and Jackie on the podcast. Oh, I guess
3: she's fucking
0: lucky I'm deaf because I didn't actually hear what she said.
1: Oh, don't hey, listen to the episode. As a
0: result.
2: <laughs> that was a really interesting story, no? Yeah. Yeah. Where did you find that one?
3: Um, well, I came across it um, in a video online and then I started doing more digging. I was like, hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fucking like, it's just, I remember hearing about it years ago as well, but it's those kinds of stories that you forget about, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The more you said, the more I did remember from it, but I didn't know any details and everything. Like that's mm. also, I'm fucking proud of you for doing a story like that. That has
2: Thanks, that kind mate. of
1: subject matter. I'm surprised you slept.
2: Yeah, same.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why you don't remember the days because your mind's still trying to block out the research. <laughs> trauma, <laughs> yeah.
2: trauma response. Yeah. Um, who wants to go next? You
0: can go next if you want. Okay. 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 I'll try and do mine as um. Quickly as possible. I want to do it some justice though, because it's still an open case. So I'm going to be talking today about the disappearance of Amy Lynn Bradley. Has anyone heard that case before?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have.
0: Yeah, sounds like something. All right. So, Amy was born on the 12th of May, 1974, in Petersburg, Virginia, to Ron and Ivor Bradley. She grew up in Chesterfield, Virginia and eventually ended up studying physical education at Longwood University, where she was studying under a basketball scholarship. And she was also known for having a strong swimming skills and having had previously worked as a lifeguard. She was described as being really inclusive, confident and outgoing. One notable event described by her friends was the time that she saw an old veteran eating alone at a restaurant and Amy invited the elder gentleman to come and join her for his meal, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She was also described to have the biggest, kindest heart. She especially loved attending karaoke with her friends. She also enjoyed tattoos. She had a Tasmanian devil on her shoulder, a sun on her back, a Chinese symbol on her ankle and a gecko on her belly. As a reward and slash celebration of graduating university, Amy and her family decided to take a vacation around the Caribbean. Can someone take me on a vacation to the Caribbean, please? I ain't going on a cruise ship. No. No. No, okay. no I'm, I'm fucking scared
1: of the open sea. Oh,
0: yeah. I think it would be amazing.
1: You, you let us know what it's like then.
0: <laughs> On the 21st of March, 1998, 23-year-old Amy and her family, her mother, father and brother Brad, boarded the cruise ship, Rhapsody of the Sea, which was bound for a Caribbean island in the Netherlands. I just want to say I kind of love her brother's name. Their surname was Bradley and his name was Brad brad bradley i am brad bradley
3: yeah (laughs) you got a stutter
0: no i'm brad bradley (laughs) That
1: sounds it it doesn't sound real
0: it doesn't does Mm. it i was like halfway through my research and i was like wait have i read that right and it's right it's correct brad bradley i love it yeah uh so two days into the cruise amy and her brother decided to let loose and dance the night away during a mardi gras party at the ship's nightclub The band Blue Orchid were playing and the group were seen dancing with both Brad and Amy. Special attention was paid to Amy by one of the ship's band members, Alistair Douglas, otherwise known as Yellow. The pair were seen to be drinking and dancing together, which was also captured on footage by another passenger, Chris Fenwick, who was a videographer on board the ship at the time. Alistair Douglas said in a later interview that he left the nightclub at approximately 1am. At around 3.35am, Brad and Amy headed back to their cabin which was confirmed by the ship's computerized door locking systems. Amy and Brad then sat on the balcony of their cabin and were reported to be talking for a short time. Brad then went to bed and Amy followed a little while later. The next day on the 24th of March 1998 Ronald Bradley got up to check on his children. It was between 5:15 and 5 30 a.m he reported that he got up Saw Amy asleep on the lounge chair on the balcony of the cabin, uh, but that he could only see her from the hips down. He remembers the balcony door being closed because if the door had have been opened, he would have gotten up to close it. Approximately thirty minutes later, at around six a.m., Ronald got up again and noticed that Amy was missing. He also noted that her cigarettes and a lighter were also gone. And so, for around thirty minutes, Ron searched the common areas of the ship to try and attempt to find her, but was unsuccessful. And it was at that point that he decided to wake up the rest of his family to inform them that she was gone. So the family immediately informed crew staff of Amy's disappearance and pleaded with them to help search for her and make announcements alerting the other passengers of the situation. Keep in mind, there was 2000 passengers aboard this ship at the time. The passengers were due to disembark around this time and Amy's family insisted a search be conducted before allowing the 2000 passengers to leave the ship. Crew ship staff reportedly said that an announcement was not necessarily and allowed all of the passengers to to disembark. It wasn't until about 7.50 in the morning after most of the passengers had left, an announcement was made asking Amy to report to the guest services desk, previously known as the purser's desk. Amy never turned up. Approximately four hours later, a search was conducted by the ship's crew. They spent about 45 minutes in the search and of course there was no sign of Amy. It's been said that the delay in the search by the crew and allowing passengers to disembark when a search had not been conducted, ignoring the Bradley family's pleadings, lowered the chances of AF finding Amy quite significantly. Subsequently, a four-day search was conducted by the Netherlands and Tilly's Coast Guard uh, using helicopters and radar planes in the surrounding waters and along the cruise ship's lines, but the search turned up no results. Local authorities made suggestions that Amy had either fallen overboard or that she had taken her own life. These theories, however, were disproven by the Bradley family, stating that if she had fallen overboard, her notably strong swimming abilities would have been aided in her rescue. In regards to attempts of taking her own life, there was no evidence of foul play. In the days after Amy disappeared, two passengers of the ship reported seeing Amy or a woman matching her description in one of the elevators the morning of her disappearance, carrying cigarettes and a lighter. The lead, however, was never substantiated and went cold. Another sighting was reported by a taxi driver who said that a woman matching Amy's description was asking to use a phone, but this lead went cold as it was never investigated by authorities. Five months after Amy's disappearance in August 1998, a Canadian computer engineer claimed to have seen Amy on a beach with two other men. He noted that the tattoos on the woman's body matched those of Amy's exactly and that he was less than two feet away from her at one point. The most devastating part about this sighting is that the woman was reportedly trying to get the man's attention when he lost sight of her at a nearby cafe.
1: So do they think it could have been like a human trafficking thing then? or? Uh,
0: that is one of the theories, yes. Mm. But we'll, we'll deep dive a little bit more into that in a sec. Ten months after Amy's disappearance in January 1999, a US naval officer reported a sighting uh, in a brothel in Curacao. Kirak- uh, the woman claimed to be Amy Bradley and had asked for help. The woman claimed to be held against her will and that she was unable to leave. The US Naval officer, however, failed to report the incident straight away because he feared that his job with the US Navy would be jeopardised being um, having, like having been in a brothel because, of course, <laughs> you have standards to hold when you're in the US Army and, yeah. Yeah, that
3: wouldn't run well.
0: The incident was only reported when the man retired from the US Navy um, and he happened to see her photo in a magazine publication.
2: That's fucking typical thinking about his dick and thinking about his job and not giving the fuck about anyone else. Yeah, I,
1: I was just thinking that. It's, I'm pretty sure someone's life is a lot more important than how people may perceive you because you went to a brothel. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think as well, like he didn't, I think this man at the time didn't mm-hmm. really know the story of Amy. Because that later says that, you know, it was reported after he saw a photo of her in a magazine publication. But I think if anyone's saying to someone, regardless of who you are, if you're in a brothel and being held against my will and they won't let me leave, regardless of whether you know the story or not, you would say something. Or at least, you know, I would.
3: Fucking unreal. Yeah. A, um, an anonymous tip-off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It didn't happen.
1: It's fucked up.
3: Yeah. In
0: 2005, a woman named Judy Mora reported a sighting in Barbados when she entered a bathroom. She witnessed a woman and three men inside and the men were threatening the woman, demanding that she go through with a deal. Like she didn't know obviously what the deal was about. She just happened to hear it in conversation when she entered this bathroom. At one point, the men left and Judy approached the woman matching Amy's description and she asked if she was okay. The woman that she spoke to said that her name was Amy and that she was originally from Virginia. Just as Amy was trying to open up, the three men uh, re entered the bathroom, they took Amy and they left. The incident was reported straight away and composite sketches were made of all three men and the woman. However, no more leads came from the sighting, which is really devastating, I think. Mm. Oh my God, I'm cramping. <laughs> Sorry. You're all right. Yeah. When you have COVID,
3: you get horrible stomach cramps. That's me without. COVID so <laughs> Do you know what that just reminded me of remember that video yeah yeah I just got COVID oh my god <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's been like two years like I just didn't think I'd ever get it but yeah like I've got COVID <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard of it <laughs> yeah no I know you are. <laughs> in late
0: 1999 a man named Frank Jones a self-proclaimed U.S. Navy SEAL made claims that he would be able to rescue Amy with his team of experienced soldiers. He initially made claims that he had seen Amy in a house that was heavily guarded by Colombians and reportedly heard her singing a lullaby that her mother Iva sang to her as a child. He also confirmed that it was Amy by claiming the tattoos that Amy had matches those of the woman that he saw in the house. For months, Frank and his team would report back to the Bradley family, providing them with updates of sightings. Frank then told the Bradley family that he and his team were ready to go and rescue her, however they needed the funding to do so. Without hesitation, the Bradley family sent Frank over 200000 US dollars. Soon after, the Bradley family expected to get a phone call from Frank and his team regarding the rescue, however the phone call never came. It was discovered that Frank had made the entire thing up and that he was later sentenced to five years in prison for mail fraud. The fuck? I don't get it no, I need it. What? I don't get it. So this Frank Jones guy basically was like, yeah, I'm a a U.S. Navy SEAL. I can find Amy. I know where she is. Um, you know, I've done all of these sightings, you know, all of this sort of stuff and basically said, yeah, okay, cool. I know, you know, how to rescue her. I've got a team of people that can help me do so. I just need some money. And -hmm. the Bradley family sent him over $200,000. Oh, okay. I Amy that part. So. Yeah. So, yeah, he ended up running off with it.
1: That's fucked up. Like, yeah, it's one of those things. That's like smart. the family will be looking back now, being like, "Oh, yeah," in hindsight, kind of. Thing. But you'll see but, later yeah. on
0: how good these people are, and just kind of how how desperate they are to try and bring Amy home. Yeah, like I,
1: I get in the moment if you're in their straight like shoes, and someone's like, yeah. "Hey, you got to do this," you're like, "Fuck it, I'll get the money somehow." Yeah, that's it. It's completely understandable. It just—it sucks that like desperation. Yeah, Mm. people get preyed on the most when they're at their like worst, and that's where it's like fucking disgusting. Uh, Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So theories into Amy's disappearance have surfaced and the most likely cause of Amy's disappearance, given the type of sightings and evidence, um, is that Amy was kidnapped on board the cruise ship and sold into the illegal human trafficking trade. The theory is supported by many witness accounts, most notably that of the US Navy officer who saw Amy in a brothel in uh, in the Caribbean. And in 2005, photographs of Amy were sent to the family via the family website. The photographs were observed from a woman who works at the company sorry who works for a company that aims to track down human trafficking victims. She said that the woman in the photographs looked and quote distraught and despondent and the sender informed her family that the woman in the photographs was known as Jazz and appeared to have been sold to the sex trade.
2: This story is just fucking unreal. Jeez.
0: In People's magazine Amy's mother stated Quote, I remember watching people watching her admiringly. She also said, quote, Amy would have been a trophy. Inconsistencies with witness accounts from the night prior to Amy's disappearance also seem to support the theory that Amy was kidnapped and that possibly the cruise ship staff may have had something to do with it and made attempts to cover it up. The night that Amy had attended the Mardi Gras party, a waiter was suspected of being involved after he was seen approaching the Bradley family multiple times during the evening. Um, And according to the Bradley family, he insisted Amy go for drinks with him while the boat was on shore when it docked. Band member Yellow, um, who we previously mentioned before, she was singing, uh, sorry, dancing and drinking with him. Uh, When he was initially interviewed, he'd given authorities one version of events However, CCTV on board the ship showed a different timeline of events. Adding to all of this, a photographer that was hired by the cruise line had printed off photos from the event in attempts to sell his work. However, no photos of Amy were seen amongst his photographs, leading the Bradley family to believe that the photos were removed intentionally or someone had taken them. Suspicious. Yeah. So the FBI are continuing their investigations into the disappearance of Amy. However, on the 24th of March 2010, Amy was declared legally dead despite no evidence and nobody ever being found. Why? There was a jawbone that they found previously um, who they thought belonged to someone else and they did a DNA thing um, and basically said didn't belong to this other missing person that they thought it belonged to, but they didn't do any further DNA testing to see if it was Amy or not.
3: Yeah. But- I hate hearing about stories that the investigation let everything down, like yeah, like when you've mi- got potential evidence and it's missed and it's just like, yeah.
1: And and that's what a lot of it is, though, because, like, I mean, you guys will know more than like anyone. Every time you hear about a new case or you hear something, it's like, oh, and then there was bad police work with this, this and this yeah Like it last week with um Kendrick's case with oh, yeah. was a, like there's always yeah. a thing where it's like, oh, it could have been solved but they fucked up here or they shouldn't have done yeah. this. and it's just
0: yeah uh, so you know. yeah, definitely in this case, it was the fact that the passengers were allowed to disembark. There was no announcements made straight away. You know, sightings weren't investigated properly. Um, and the jawbone that they found that didn't belong to this other missing person, they didn't attempt to see if it belonged to Amy.
1: Did they attempt to see if it belonged to anybody at all, or just
0: yeah, one other missing person? Um, they suspected it belonged to, but didn't investigate it any further. But again, because you know of the basis of the fact that Amy hasn't turned up and this jawbone has been found, they declared her legally dead. Yeah. So even though there's Crazy. no real evidence and there was no body ever being found, so however, twenty-five thousand dollar reward is being offered to anyone who can provide information about Amy's disappearance that leads to her body being found or an arrest or conviction. Additionally, the Bradley family is offering $250,000 for any information that leads to Amy's safe rescue and a further $50,000 for information confirming her whereabouts. To date, Amy has been missing for 23 years, five months and two days and would be 48 years old today.
3: That's sad.
2: That's fucking crazy. Interesting, yeah. but yeah, I've not heard that one before.
3: Crazy. There's another um another trafficking one. So I actually read a book about this girl um Sophie, Sophie Hayes. I haven't read many books like and just been able to read it through because I get very distracted if you guys haven't noticed. Um no, I hadn't noticed at all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I read this book and it just like completely captivated me but she was yeah maybe that's a whole other thing for another episode but just the shit she's still alive just spoiler but the shit that these people go through when they're trafficked like how they're like there's systems that are there like luring people and you just don't know and it's like not just like one or two people it's like fucking people all over the world working together hidden
0: in plain sight as well
3: Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah. And I feel like
1: the survivor stories or the people that, like, really do get out, their stories, they're fucking insane. Because you don't even... Like, it's not only that you don't think of half the shit, it's that your mind couldn't possibly comprehend that this happened this way and this way and there's, like, an organised system for it all. Like, that's what's mind-blowing to me.
3: That's the same with, like like, trafficking or, like, when you hear about these pedophile rings and... All of that—it's just like there's—you just think it's like the unthinkable, and then you find out that there's so many people involved, and you're like, how, why? What's scary is that the people involved are
0: usually a bit, usually like you know, semi-famous people or you know, people of power, like we were talking about in the first episode. You know.
3: Mm,
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyway, who's next?
1: Yes. So I have a couple. Just fun little two Karen stories and two little that's weird stories from cruise ships. Cause <laughs> I was trying forever as, as you guys know, I was trying to find stuff for it and I, I couldn't. I, I went down a rabbit hole of um of Blackbeard. So I figured <laughs> that's, that's probably not a good idea. So I, I went in deep on one and kinda fucked up. But then I found some good stories, so we're all in capable hands.
0: I'm excited.
1: All right. Um so I'll start off with, where's this one? This one is called um, No One Wants to Be Trapped on a Boat with You Anyway. Yeah. So it's a, this one's a little customer service story, which I feel like we can all definitely relate to and then we'll kind of get a bit frustrated at this one. Mm. Civitaris. This one's by Civitaris. Good on you.
0: Yeah.
1: They said, I work for a customer service center and I take calls for cruise and travel insurance. And just a couple of minutes before they get lunch, they decide to take another call just to get more workout. I guess. Yeah. Um. She says, I give my greeting in an upbeat and cheerful manner because I'm good at my job and that is part of my job. I need to be friendly even if I'm feeling lousy and I get to pull info for the customer's account. So she, she generally sounds like she, she likes her job. It just gets her down a little bit. So mm-hmm. I can kind of, you have to have the good with the bad, I feel.
0: It just depends on how you deal with it.
1: Yes, and I will say from this story, this this girl handled it like an absolute champ. Nice. Like I can see a lot of people just hanging up on her and telling her where to go. <laughs> but she did not, so congratulations to you. So customer says, yeah, finally. I had to cancel my cruise, so I need to get a refund. She says, I'm sorry to hear you had to cancel your cruise, but I'd be happy to help you. What reason did you have to cancel? The customer the state canceled my unemployment, so I need my money back. Um, then she says, I should mention that the insurance policies that people say, they get a full cash refund if they have to cancel for one reason listed in the policy. If they don't qualify or don't want to provide documentation, as long as they paid for the plan, they can get a cancellation refund, but they only get 75% of the full amount back. Um, the most common reason is usually medical emergencies um, or even things like terrorist attacks.
0: Wait, so if, even if there's a terrorist attack, they only get seventy five. No, no, this is the back. stuff
1: they would get the full refund. Oh, sorry, yeah. I misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, th- this is just like the most common ones they usually get. Okay. Um, but saying you just want your money back, obviously, doesn't give you like a cash refund, full amount back. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she was a bit baffled by her just saying, "Oh, I just want my money back." I got my unemployment, and I want it. So she said, "Um, what did you say the reason you had to cancel?" And the customer sighs and said, "I paid for the cruise with the money I got from unemployment, but I just got a letter from them saying I won't be getting any more unemployment money after this. Um, after this month ends, so I need my money back so I can pay for my stuff." And then she said, um, "Oh my god, <laughs> ma'am." She she also states I am baffed at this point. So. <laughs> I think she's from london um
0: you sound like <laughs> you're from london
1: <laughs> um so yeah she she's she's a bit She says ma'am i do need to apologize for the inconvenience the policy you purchase has two sections the first one is the trip cancellation benefit which offers a full cash refund in the event and the customer just cuts us off and says yes that's the one i want that's the one i need and um she goes well the first one is a trip cancellation benefit which offers a cool uh, a full cash refund in the event that you have to cancel your trip after you pay for insurance, customer. Yes, I told you that's what I need. How do I get my money? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, as I was reading this, I was getting really angry as well. Like at who? At, at um, at the customer, yeah. a little bit. Like I I do get the situation where it's like I needed my money for my bills and everything.
0: But I'm sorry, who pays for a cruise using unemployment benefits? If you're unemployed, you need. <laughs> speaking as someone who has been on unemployment benefits previously
1: you use the money to you survive. can't afford jack not... shit yeah
0: how yeah. did she afford i'm sorry
1: oh it gets um gets a little bit more juicy as well
0: oh god
1: this juicy. is um so she said unfortunately having your unemployment insurance run out is not one of the reasons listed in and then the customer just cuts her off and says what well, i was told i could get my money back for any reason <laughs> and she said <laughs> Cancellation for any reason is credit to seventy or five percent of, and then the customer said no, I want it all back, man. They go back and forth apologizing for a bunch of stuff, you know, usual customer service stuff. She's trying to keep yeah. happy, and she's generally trying to do a really good job, so I, I do respect it. He says, "Ma'am, I'm sorry for the confusion, but the policy states we only offer a cash refund if you have to cancel for one of the specific reasons." So the customer says, "What are those so called reasons?" I think you guys can see where this is going now. Yeah. So she says the first reason is sickness, injury or death um for yourself or a traveling companion. If you die, I don't think you yourself can cash in the refund.
0: <laughs> Excuse me, I need a refund. I'm dead. <laughs>
1: she goes, oh, so what if I'm sick? And then she says, I'm sorry to hear that. As part of your claim process, we will need documentation of your sickness from your doctor so we can And then the customer cuts her off again and says, what those are my private medical records no way you're getting my private medical records you have no right to see them um she goes back and says this is of course your choice but the policy says diagnosed and treated by a licensed uh physician is that how you say that word physician um so yeah then it's just more back and forth and then the customer says well i'm sick that's all the document uh documentation you have and that's all you have the right to <laughs> and she said you're welcome to submit a claim but until we receive that, your documentation from such claim, you're gonna get denied. Casa oh, says, I need that money to pay rent, buy groceries for my kids. Are you saying you want my kids to be starving and homeless? God. <laughs> so then he goes, I'm very sorry to hear that. Perhaps you can speak with an unemployment office to see they need to cut <laughs> her off. I've already tried Hello. that and they said that they wouldn't I need the money. What you're saying is you want my kids to be homeless and starving. I didn't know I was going to end up on um, without my unemployment. I won't pay for this cruise. It's not my fault. So then she says, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Your financial situation sounds difficult. Unfortunately, I can't change the contract, perhaps. And then she said, no one told me I had to give no reason to get my money back. I shouldn't have to give no reason why. Um, I don't even know English. Why to get my money back. That's why you buy insurance. Here,
2: let me, um, let me translate for you. <laughs> no one told me I needed no reason to get my money back.
3: <laughs>
1: I, I would say, <laughs> when I was reading this, I was reading it in Mama June's voice. <laughs> so that was perfectly done. Um,
3: Who's Mama June?
1: Uh, hu- honey Boo Boo's anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, she says she can't alter the contract. Um, yada, yada yada goes down the list again and she says, I want to speak to a supervisor since you want my children to starve to death. <laughs> she then says <said>, Sorry.
0: <laughs> I want to speak to a supervisor since you want to make my children starve to death. Yes. Yeah. Perhaps don't buy a fucking cruise when you're on unemployment benefits
3: and you've got children to look after. Yeah, you know, I wonder Sorry. if her kids were going on the cruise with her or if she was just taking some time. <laughs> I was out. thinking that oh. as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think home. that's a
0: whole other fucking episode. That yeah. is, look, every parent is entitled to a break. Don't get me wrong; yeah. like, I fucking love my break for my kid. Don't get me wrong. But if you're in a situation where you have to have just priorities, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I couldn't even attend my sister's wedding because I was on unemployment benefits at the time. That's that that was my priorities to keep a roof over my head and feed my kid. I would love to have attended my sister's wedding. Yeah. But mm. I couldn't. Well, you have a Do you know what I mean? duty
1: of care and responsibility. Hundred have kid, and that's your what your job this woman to make should...
0: sure. oh, I'm going to shut up now because I could go on forever. As you were.
1: <laughs> Any changes in the insurance contract will require a sign-off from the entire legal department. And even then, it would apply to new policies, not once already signed. So then the customer says, fine, let me talk to the CEO. <laughs> and
3: oh, he said, I, I consider to escalation
1: to our executive team, customer in brackets, still screeching. I did not need no exec, um executive team. I didn't ask you for no executive team. I told you to just let me speak for the CEO. Me, the executive.
2: <laughs> I don't need no executive team. I don't want. I didn't ask okay. you for the executive team. I just need my money back.
1: Now, now you're going into um, what's the name? Rizzo from Greece. sorry to
3: all of our american listeners right now for that butchered
1: no i think it was pretty solid
3: was it okay i thought yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) i think you're spot on actually (laughs) um so um the executive team is the highest level i have access to i don't get to talk to them just submit escalation requests customer says this is not good enough. I want to see his private cell phone number. I know you have it. In brackets.
0: Lol. Is I it? don't. This not good enough. I want his fucking cell number now. <laughs> Were you a Karen in your past life? Because you're pulling it off <laughs> really well. No, sweetheart. I just am <laughs> with you. You're really playing with fire tonight.
1: She's mate. not even you're... playing with fire. She's drowning in gasoline next to a fire I'm pit. I'm
0: feeling fruity. Literally. Got a big shovel sitting next to her on the chair.
1: Is that for protection? (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's either for protection or digging. There's not really a clear... Preparation or protection. (laughs) Undetermined at this point.
1: (laughs) She then keeps going on. She says she keeps threatening to call the cruise line and tell them to fire me. I keep trying to tell her that I don't work for the cruise line. Eventually, she said she was going to sue your ass.
2: I'm going to sue your ass.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes.
1: Being the friendly, and helpful person I am, I submitted the escalation and made sure to put in the exact details so that if she called again, people would know exactly what she was up to. And then I went to lunch. Securing the knowledge that I'm most likely never going to hear from her again. And that was Karen's story number one. Thank you for coming to Sorry. my TED
0: talk. At what point did the person on the call say, No one wants to fucking cruise with you anyway?
1: That's just what she named it.
0: Literally, that person has the patience of a saint. I literally would have said that to that person and told him to fuck off. You're not getting a refund. <laughs> I, would,
1: I would love to see like a Karen and you going at it personally.
0: As in me no, and a Karen? No.
2: Yeah, Honey,
1: I yeah. am
0: I the Karen.
2: This. Yeah. There is no outcome. Oh. There is no good outcome in this situation. <laughs>
1: What you, for the spectators, there's a great outcome. No, for me,
2: it is not good
0: because I have to step in and diffuse. Kara ends up yeah, putting but... her head in her hands, going, Oh, for fuck's sake, here we go again. I'm going to need to get can... a massage tonight. No, I'm going to have to buy alcohol to make it <laughs> feel better.
1: I, I can picture Kara <laughs> in like the. The gomer, she's like, Stephanie's like, everybody, you're right, mate. Everyone, you're right, you're right. Back off. What's ass. going Back on off. here? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yo, fam, get off of it, bro. Like, fucking hell. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've definitely been on a night out with a with a friend. Sorry, mum, if you're going to hear this bit. We may have been a little bit in, intoxicated. It's not my fault. It
0: was but, um, the alcohol's fault. Not your fault. It was. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, when your friends, you, you go to the bathroom and you come back, you're like, what the fuck's going on? There's one of those situations. So I see you, and I just like go in the middle, push her apart, and whoever she I'm like, are you guys all right? Is everything all right? I think you guys need to go over there and you need to fuck off over there. And then 10 minutes later, we were all just happy, drunk, dancing again. But I'm lucky that I'm a giant white man. That. Yeah, I can see, do I'm just that. a
2: fat butch lesbian, so I've just got that <laughs> on me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, it's um,
2: but it's up there when it comes to confrontations, anyway. Fuck.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm scared of everything.
0: I'm like a angry chihuahua.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: I'm yeah. what they call a Jack Russell. I look sweet, but I'm vicious as fuck.
1: But yeah, I, I'm fine. Like I can handle situations really well, and then after they finish, I'm like, oh fuck, that just happened. It's a bit wild it crazy hmm. and then i go on my merry way and i am like ah that's my life situations can really bring out the demons in people
3: yeah
1: i do have two more short stories if you guys want
0: one we love a good karen story
1: oh okay sweet so this one is it's like she's toying with you now look, people are really creative um with names on this website and i kind of respect it so this one says <clears throat> I work on a cruise ship as a dishwasher, um, and we've just arrived in Stockholm at the time. We're in quite a rush, and the only co-workers left are me and my colleague and a huge pile of dishes between us. We have to get them all done before we lock everything down. The bar's already closed, and our supervisors have left. The only sort of keys are at in the bar, and there's three decks down. They can't get into the bar, obviously, because the supervisor has these keys.
0: That fucking sucks for them. Having a drink or two <coughs> would have made that job much more enjoyable.
1: I uh, drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they said a few minutes before closing, one of the bartenders brought up a cheap toy, something you get for free in one of the bar shops or for like a dollar or two. And it was left behind by some parent. And he's now locked three decks below in the actual bar area. Anyway, this parent comes looking in, holding his very happy, giggly baby. And the parent says, excuse me, have you guys seen a toy somewhere? I have left it behind and we need to get it off the boat. Co-worker Yes, actually, one of our bartenders took it into the bar. Um, we're closed now. They've locked all the doors. I'm so sorry. The parent says, you have to do something. You need to kick the door in. My baby won't stop crying. He loves that toy. She just looks down mm-hmm. at the happy... Giggling baby, a bit confused, <laughs> and then she says, um, something "I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so she's she's still being very nice. He's coming, kind of guns blazing. Yeah, he said, "I'm very sorry, sir. Um, but we don't have the keys to the bar for security reasons. There's nothing we can do. You can pick the toy up in Stockholm, and then she also says it's cheap and comes with candy. So I assume it's one of those, you know, little." Screw top ones where there's lollies in the base or some shit like oh, that. Oh, yeah. If you kind of know what I'm saying. I think
0: so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Pez.
1: Yeah, something like that. So then the parent starts shouting, "No, he wants this toy. He won't stop crying. Do something." The baby's still giggling. So the co-worker looks at them. He
3: was the baby yeah. that was crying.
1: Yeah, and hey, 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 that the truth. So hey, um, <laughs> the co-worker looks at me, then nods. All right, so I'll try and call one of the supervisors to bring up the keys. Parents still shouting. Yes, thank you. Um, no one answers the co worker phone, which isn't unexpected since it's already 2 a.m. And usually they go straight to sleep because it's been a long shift. They're on a boat. They kind of just want to clock out, which very understandable, I feel.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Co-worker says, I'm sorry, but they're not answering. I guess I could run down to reception and see if they have any keys there. Parents yelling even louder, yes, you will bring me my child's Mm -hmm. toy. So my coworker leaves me alone and tries to rush through all the ways to get through to the reception so they can see if they have the keys. Meanwhile, they're in here trying to rush through all the jobs so they can get everything done and out as fast as they can. It's a very small kitchen. And then the parent tries to step into the kitchen, which I feel like he's already crossed a lot of lines personally. Then when you come into that that actual staff-only area, I feel like that's a very big barrier to cross. Then she goes, "Um, Sir, could you please just wait outside? My coworker is trying to find the keys and we were trying to help, but I really need the space to do our task. She'll be with you as fast as she can. parent says, When will she get back? Me, losing my temper a bit. Sir, it will take the time it takes. The reception desk is also about three decks down. And there's about 750 people between you and her right now um, trying to get off the Jeez. boat. <laughs> so
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Are you sure you can't pick up the toy in Stockholm? They sell it literally everywhere. Parent, No, he wants this one. It's very important. <laughs> God. <laughs> and then this ends with, After a few minutes, my co-worker arrived with the keys looking flustered but happy to be able to help. Um, they opened the bar and handed the toy to the baby. The parent did not say thank you. And the happy-looking, giggling baby started crying the moment he saw the toy.
0: Oh my god! (laughs) Then, fuck's sake! Yeah,
1: it's very frustrating. I'm sorry. I'm just bringing you guys headaches to. Who's the
0: fucking baby in this situation? Honestly,
1: (laughs) who the fuck does he think he is? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. See, the whole time I was like picturing this scenario in my head because I'm I'm quite a visual person. I was picturing like jack jack and the dad from the incredibles
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the whole time
0: oh jesus
1: that's the last of the karen saga for this evening and yeah yep. there, there is one more about a about a kid underage on a boat oh, but wow. yeah this one is um when i was 15 i got to go on an open bar cruise but obviously i don't plan in partaking in that I'm also not the vacation type so I spend most of the trip playing video games and hanging out indoors. I learn what a virgin drink is and I get really interested in trying all of them since they're free. I'm a few drinks in when I get to a drink I've never heard of. Me what's a blended white Russian? The bartender says it's like a milkshake but with coffee and it has alcohol in it. Me oh I want one of those virgin please. Tries to drink and it just tastes like milk. (laughs) Did you put the coffee in there and can you? He takes it back, puts the coffee liqueur in it. He didn't know it was alcohol. Um, Obviously, the child, the bartender, very much oh, knew that it was alcohol. Oh, no. Semi. <laughs> so oh, wow, that's great. Thank you. A few minutes passes. Another, please. Another few minutes passes. Another, please. After doing this for a while, I start to get really ill. I see my mum walking across the deck <laughs> and I caught her over. Can I get the room key? I drank too much milk too fast and I think I'm going to be ill. My mom turns to the bartender I feel like you should have known better than to fool, uh, fill a kid full of milkshakes when we're on a boat The bartender, deadpan That's not a milkshake, it's a white Russian <gasps> Then the kid says, don't worry, I ordered a virgin The bartender says, you asked for coffee liqueur The kid says, I asked for coffee The bartender says, this is a bar, the only coffee I have is, um, oh, fuck I don't know how to, is it Kalua? Kalua, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. coffee. I feel like we've all had a couple of dangerous nights with that. Yeah, that stuff is the good nights, but dangerous. Mum,
0: is that what they put in espresso martinis? Mm-hmm. Oof, I could go for one of those so bad right now. Yeah, hundred
2: percent. Well, as soon
1: as Jackie's Jackie's got novid, I, I say I would we do love that.
2: To. I would COVID free.
0: Oh, yeah. we've got my birthday drinks coming up. Except I will have to drive.
1: Um, the mum said, "Oh God, you've been serving a fifteen-year-old drinks all night." Bartender goes, oh, he's 15, looks at the kid, you look younger. And then he just walked off. (gasps) We were under the impression that there were no minimum drinking age in international waters, so we didn't try to complain. Oh, my God. Which I just learned isn't even true. Also, free drinks was also false advertising. Most of the drinks I ordered were specialty cocktails and were very expensive. Sorry for that $400 vomit, Mom.
0: Oh, my God. So he thought he was younger than
3: 15? Yeah. Oh, my God. That definitely would not run in Australia. (laughs) What a
1: fucking idiot. That's a fun little bullshitty breakup from the depressing dark stories we have this week.
2: Yeah. No, that was good. Thanks, everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. I was literally just here for the laughs this week. Um, I'll do a, I've got an awesome story for everyone next week. Oh,
1: like us on uh,
2: Spotify, on our Facebook and Instagram <coughs> at Are You For Serials Podcast. And check out our website, www.areuforserials.com. I uh, got heaps of cool stuff on there, little about me sections about all of us. Um, and we've also got some helpful links on about the episodes as well.
3: Send us some juicy tea.
1: Yeah, again, we're noisy.
0: Yes, we like juicy tea. Yes. We don't want green tea either. We don't want any of that shit. We want the good hot spicy tea. What's wrong with green tea?
1: Nah, green tea is good.
0: No, no, no. You guys.
1: Green
3: tea is Entire innuendo of that. I do like a good matcha latte.
1: Yeah, no, because you just started going off offending all of the green tea lovers because out green tea here. And I'm stories not are
2: boring. It. We want nice spicy latte stories. I want some hot coffee right now. I'm tired. Yeah. Um, just quickly, just a massive shout out to all of our listeners in the US, yeah, the UK, Australia, Italy. Wow, so many places. Um,
3: Poland, yeah,
2: Poland. It's incredible to see, and we yeah really would love for you all to reach out with your suggestions of stories. Like Nad said, either ones you want to hear or personal submissions. So yeah, go to our website,
3: submit. Also tell us how you found us. Our we're wrecking yeah. our mind. I'd love find to work out how our listeners in Italy and America, like, where did you guys find us? Switzerland
0: there's people in switzerland there's people in poland like how do they know about us it's cool it's amazing was it our reddit post i <laughs> don't know
3: That's imagine no... they
1: were just trying to find like nats <laughs> is very to find proud of that series. one reddit
0: post
3: <laughs> two, it was two on two different threads thank you anyway thank you everyone yay <laughs> gas <Gaspin! laughs>
1: You're the best! Fuck
3: yeah!
1: Uh,
0: Yeah.
1: Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.